Welcome to the Define Normal Podcast. I'm your host, Shelby Jones. On today's episode, I speak with my friend Daniel Stokes, a culture carrier, a New Yorker, an event planner. He wears many hats and is the life of every party. Daniel also suffers from anxiety and depression. In this episode, we talk about mental health, how his therapy sessions help him, when he first realized that he had anxiety, and how he's been coping with mental health issues throughout the pandemic. Welcome to episode five of Define Normal. Today we are talking about mental health with one of my close friends, Daniel Stokes. Daniel, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Tell us about yourself. Tell the people about you. My name is Daniel Stokes. I'm an Aquarius. I mean, we are both from Ohio, both from the same honky donk town. I went to college down in Miami, Florida, which is like a culture shock in itself. And then I interned at MTV my junior year of college, and I loved it. And I was just like, wow, New York's awesome. So when I graduated three days later, I bought a one-way ticket to New York. And that was like eight years ago. And I'm still hitting the pavement. I worked at a travel brand. My official title, Senior Manager of Culture and Employee Experience. I joke and say that I'm just a really well-paid office cheerleader. But yeah, I, I love my job. I love my work. I get paid to do silly things and make sure other people are happy. My parents say I scammed a career, but I'm just like, you're just jealous. Not scamming a career. Like your parents would say that. You've scammed this career. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, you do what? And I'm just like, yeah, that's my job. And I'm just like, get out of here. Get in my space. Well, those jobs like aren't a thing in Ohio. I often think about if we moved home, which we talked about, it would be like an episode of The Simple Life. If we moved back to Ohio, I don't know what we would do for jobs. So I would do. I would We're not, that's why we're not doing that. After you told us a little bit about yourself, I remembered in the episode, my intro episode, I talked about you. I said, you were my fairy godmother of New York. You introduced me to your whole community, the gays, the girls, your best Judy's. And I feel like, you know, and before I was just hanging out, bumbling around New York, like going to NYU bars, you saved me. I was doing some dark things that you probably wouldn't approve of. You know, you showed me around New York, introduced me to your friends, uh, took me to your job, and you threw ha- like awesome happy hours that I loved to visit. But I, like obviously, over that time, we've become really close friends. We lived together for a mm-hmm. stint. I want to talk a little bit about mental health. You also plan parties and manage culture for a living, but you also have this really honest rhetoric about your anxiety and depression and other mental health issues that you deal with. I would love first to hear a little bit about how you balance those two personalities. Okay. Well, I guess I'll kind of like take it to the beginning of kind of like my own mental health journey. So I didn't know that I had anxiety until I like went to therapy. So I would probably say anxiety probably started manifesting in my life probably around, probably right when I started working at Facebook. I think it was just like a lot of change at once. The amount of work I was doing to like having to travel for work to like just like the overall pressure going from what I was doing before to then working at some place like Facebook. It was just a lot going on at once. I couldn't even recognize that the anxiety was showing up almost daily. And like for me, my anxiety, it manifests, you know, now especially that I've like researched and like been deeper in my journey. A lot of my anxiety manifests in physical form feeling nauseous, stomach problems, feeling lightheaded. I mean, there'd be days uh, where I'd be at work and I would really be like walking to a meeting and I would just feel like I was about, like the world, my world was closing in on me and like I was about to faint. And like, I would really have to like stop and sit down and like 
drink water and like I'd be late to meetings and like late to a lot of things because like I was terrified to just like get up and walk. Nobody wants to think like in the middle of the workday at work because then it would just be dramatic. Like, you know, it end up it, it it would end up like all over workplace. Like Daniel passed out like on the seventh floor. And then it'd be like this whole thing that like I never ever wanted it to be. But yeah, I just kind of was just like, what's wrong with me? Like I don't know what's going on. And then it wasn't until like my first panic attack where like I was like something 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 is up and it was actually during an event we had this uh offset event for the tech community probably I mean we were on site for three days but the actual day of the event we I probably got there like six o'clock in the morning and the event went until about 6 30 and then there was a happy hour afterwards obviously expectations are for me to be there for the happy hour and like you know mix and mingle and like cheers with the team that we worked on the event I remember like like it was yesterday, just wrapped up the event. They just opened the doors for the happy hour. I went to go get a glass of wine and I seriously felt like that nauseous feeling and that world closing in on me feeling, but like more intense than like I've ever felt before. And I was just like, oh my God, what is going on? Like I literally was just like, I could barely walk. I remember putting my glass of wine down and literally going to find an empty room and just sitting on the floor in the corner and just like, breathing and breathing and breathing like th that was just like my natural instinct I didn't know what the hell was going on I remember thinking like I need to get out of here and I was like do I uber or do I take the train and like you know this event was all the way in like midtown so it was just like getting to Brooklyn from midtown in an uber after work rush hour could potentially be like time consuming so I was like let me just hop on the train which was stupid because when you're having a panic attack the last place you want to be is the New York subway the New York subway, and that was when we both lived together. So, you know, crossing that bridge on the queue was hit or miss. It would literally sometimes go straight through, or you'd be stuck there for like 20 minutes. I was in bad shape, like during that. I did not know what was going on. Like, I, in fact, I ended up going to the hospital probably four different times just because, like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, I'm having like chest pain. Like, I, Feel like I'm about to faint all the time. Like, I remember there was one time I was at the hospital all night and they did all these tests on me, like EKGs, they did CAT scans, they like put some dye in my blood to like make sure there was nothing like going on in internally that they should know about. I was there for like hours upon hours. The nurse was just like, there's nothing wrong with you. And I was just like, no, like there has to be an answer. It's like, why do I feel like this? Like, why? There was literally nothing. And I was just like, no, like they're just not listening to me because I'm black, but like the nurse and that doctor were both black. Um, so I was just like, well, that can't be right. So then I just kind of like shut it in and just like let it all happen, which was horrible because I just wasn't being myself. I wasn't thinking right. I was always on edge. Like there would literally be days where like, I, I was like, I can't take the train to work. So I would literally Uber to and from work and home, which is financially irresponsible. I just felt like I was like stuck, like in this weird, like something's wrong with me, but I don't know what's wrong with me. So I'm just gonna like kind of miserably live through life, which was horrible. I mean, thankfully I ended up, you know, go starting therapy and, you know, from those conversations, it was just like, Daniel, like you have anxiety. And I'm just like, what? What do you mean I have anxiety? I don't know her, I've never heard of her. I mean, I heard of her, but like, not me. Like I'm Daniel, I'm happy-go-lucky. Like I'm the positive beacon of light in so many people's lives. Like I can't have anxiety, I can't have depression. 
so yeah that's when I kind of started the journey of like exploring what anxiety was and then like realizing like wow so like when I felt all these things like that were going wrong with me like it was literally all mental in doing my research about anxiety and depression so much of like our body reacts to like how our mind is thinking and I even said I was even reading something recently where I was saying that like your stomach is like your second brain when your body's in this heightened like fight or flight mode and then your 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 stomach is like oh we're in fight fight or flight and then it just like sends out all these signals to like the rest of your body just be all tense and stressed and you know learning to live with type of situation but it's there's good days there's not so good days there's horrible days but it's really just a matter of like being honest about it being vocal which is why I am so vocal and honest about it because like it helps me because the more I talk about it out loud the more it is normalized and the more other people who may be going through similar things could potentially relate and be like wow if like if he can if he's going through this and like you know he's such this positive person like and I'm going through this like it's so it's not it's not as bad it's like you know, this affects anyone. It's not just like certain individuals. Like I'm not some trash person because, you know, I I, I go through these things. So I think that's why I'm really vocal about it. Um, but again, also like it helps me normalize it in my brain and my mind because there's so many times where like I'll beat myself up and I'll just be like, oh, why can't you just think normal? Or like, why can't you just like not let this get to you which is not nice to myself because it's like you're just beating yourself up and it's just like you can't compare yourself to others you truly have to like live and lean into your own truth and who you are as a person so that's kind of why i am so vocal about it being kind to yourself is a big part of it when you are going through mental health issues it often feels like you're going through them alone so as we get older it's discovering these things about yourself and then sharing and i think you made some really awesome points about how it's not exactly for other people. It's for you to normalize and say it out loud and understand your struggle. Mm -hmm. Do you get feedback from people uh, when you're kind of, when they experience the other Daniel? So like you said earlier, everyone who knows you knows you're like happy-go-lucky and life of the party and super fun. So did you struggle when you were going through your mental health journey and knowing that it's ongoing? Did you struggle with people who wanted to see more of the fun Daniel when you were going through those hard times? And how did you handle that? No, I think, because I've just been, I've always, at least in the last couple of years, like I've been so vocal about it. They're okay with it. Like all of my friends know what I go through. Like I very much like talk to all of them about it. I've spoken to you about it. Like you, me and Derek talk about it all the time. And it's like, I'm luckily, I have a great support system amongst friends and family to where it's like none of you like guilt me into like trying to like come hang out like none of you try to pressure me into doing things that you know I wouldn't be comfortable with like everyone's so understanding and they get it I remember even remember when like I jokingly sent that text like when they announced like that Biden had won I was just like man like no one sent me a text to like go to the park to hang out or like bar hop and then you and Derek were like because you wouldn't have come and I was like you're right you're right <laughs> yeah we know the vibes so how is COVID impacting your mental health what are the changes you've made how are you handling it day to day it's mm -hmm. so interesting because I've I've thought about this to myself and also had conversations with friends COVID has it's been interesting and I say that interesting in the sense of just like 
you know, we all thought like, oh, we're just going to have like a two week, three week vacation and then like come back to the office, which never happened. Um, so I think going into it, I was very like, okay, whatever. Like, I'm just going to like chill and like hang out with my boyfriend, which didn't happen. For me, like I said, I've gone through like these diff- different waves. Like at first I was just like, oh shit, like this is serious. Like stays inside, like did, wouldn't go to the grocery store, like nothing, like Still, I still haven't gone to a grocery store since March 15th of last year. Like, literally, I literally, I get my groceries delivered every week. And it's just, it's too much work, too much energy. I actually remember the first, last time I went, they had just started saying, like, you maybe should wear a mask. And, like, I didn't have a mask, so I wore some eye mask that I got from, like, a Delta first class flight that I had taken. So I literally was like walking around the grocery store with an eye mask covering my mouth and nose looking ridiculous. But like, yeah, I've kind of gone through waves where I started off like super, super serious and like not doing anything. And then some friends convinced me to go to the park and they're like, you'll be fine. Like the park is spacious and everyone's spread out. We can sit six feet apart. So like I started doing that and I was like, wow, this is great. And like, I remember, I literally remember vividly the first day it was like probably like 75 degrees outside I think it was like sometime in May I was walking to Prospect Park and I like my, it was my first time like walking outside like in a mask this sucks this is hot I can't breathe my glasses are fogging up like this is trash which is now it's like some it's so normal but like I was just like well this is great like I can I can keep coming to the park and I eventually like went to like a few restaurants with those friends just because I trust them and then was like safe and everything. And then like my, my boyfriend stayed with me for like a two week period. And like he and I went to some restaurants and then I went home to Ohio. I was supposed to be gone for a month and a half to stay with my family. I lasted nine days. That whole experience really kind of set me back like really, really bad. I haven't been to a restaurant since then. Like, I don't go inside places anymore. Like, I would, I think I would go to, like, the liquor store sometimes to, like, grab stuff or, like, a bodega to grab some stuff. But, like, ever since I came back from Ohio, I just, like, I don't. I don't go inside places. Like, I literally go to my house and then I, like, go for walks. That's pretty much it. We took the road trip to Ohio together. And on that road trip, I realized a little bit of how anxious you were about COVID because I was really anxious at the beginning. If we talk about the progression, when I came to Ohio, I feel the same way. They weren't taking it as seriously as my mom said in her episode, it was the first thing I did when I landed in Ohio was eat in a restaurant. So it wasn't safe for me to go to work in New York. So Mm -hmm. I was already like, what are you guys doing? As I stayed there, I kind of curated my own comfortable level in Ohio. Then I came back to New York and it was heightened again. And But we were outside and doing park things. But when you and I drove back to Ohio, you wore your mask in the car the whole time. The entire ride. If I, if I had COVID, we're in, we're in a Toyota Corolla for six hours. You're getting COVID too. Exactly. And there was so much hand sanitizing. <laughs> I, I realized in that moment that you were like, oh, no, I'm not messing around. Like, yes, I will be on this road trip with you, but... You're you maybe aren't safe either. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wore it's funny when I came back, I wore my mask the entire time, also. And I made the person I drove with wear her mask the entire time. I just, I, I think it was just like I had created this 
like you said, like in New York, I created my own kind of like routine and like safety bubble and people that like I was okay with seeing. Like I even I even went to like a a, a drive through drag show with friends. Like you know, like I did things with people and like it felt safe. I went to Ohio and it's like not that like my family was being reckless, but here I am. I've spent a total of five months of the pandemic living alone because my roommate's been in California. Like she's gone and then left and then come back and then gone again. But yeah, so like I am so used to being in my own world where it's literally just me most of the time. And then like when my roommate has been back in town, just me and her. So only having to like really worry about me and someone else. Whereas then going home, it's like, you know, my mom, my dad. And then it's like, they see my stepbrother and a stepsister and, you know, nieces and nephews who are in daycare. And it was just like my bubble and my world went from like super, super small and safe to like the complete unknown because like these, you know, Ohio was open. So people went to restaurants, they went to bars, like things weren't as tightly locked down as they were in New York. So I just did not, I did not do well at all. I think we went to dinner at my my sister's house one night and like, I was just like, wait, we're going inside. And my parents were like, well, yeah, we're going to eat dinner first. And I was like, well, I didn't know we were eating it inside their house. Like David works at a hospital. I thought we were going to eat outside. And like, that was like us during a bonfire then we'd go. And they were like, well, no. So it just became this like big argument between me and my parents. Not an argument of like them thinking that I was wrong, but they knew coming into the situation that like I was already not going to be the easiest person to live with just because like I was vocal with them about my own like anxiety um, about everything. So like they were trying to be as accommodating as po- as, mu- as possible, but it, like also like they're 63 years old. Like I cannot control what they do. I can't tell them what to do. I can't tell them not to see their friends. I can't tell them not to, you know, go to, go to dinner if they want to go to dinner. And so I just realized that like it was going to be all, it was going to be a shit show month and a half so I literally texted my best friend's little sister who is my little sister and was just like I cannot stay here can you drive me back to New York and she was just like I have a I have an assignment due on Monday but Tuesday I got you so literally spent a total of nine days like I I literally brought some I brought two suitcases a duffel bag my tv Cause I was like, I'm just going to set up camp at my parents' place. And then I literally took everything and packed everything up nine days later. And it sucked because I really, I love my parents. I love my family. And I wanted to like have a new environment and really kind of like, and I had seen like how, like how well you were doing at home, like within your own safe little bubble. It's just, I was like, I want to like experience a new, new environment. I don't want to feel like I'm like trapped in this, uh, this apartment, like in New York, but it just, it was just too much change. And like, you know, I think my parents were disappointed, but not disappointed because like I left. They they're disappointed because they wanted to spend time with me. But before I left, you know, my dad was just like, you know, I really love you. I care about you. He's like, I really want you to like continue to take you know your mental health journey seriously and like continue talking to your therapist. Like if you need to get on medication, like don't hesitate. He's like, I, he's like because I want you to be the best version of yourself. And if that means that you have to get on medication so you can live your life easier then do it he's like because you have my support you have your mom's support um but like we don't want you to like live like this because I think my seeing my my parents seeing me like cracked out was just like it made them sad um that that kind of started the trickle down of me just getting super super 
anxious about everything. And then I, when I came back to New York, I just slowly closed my doors off to people and my ideals of like hanging out with people changed and shifted. And it was just like, if it wasn't at the park, I wasn't doing it. I wasn't doing outdoor dining. I wasn't doing outdoor drinking at a bar. I just stopped everything. When your dad brought up medication for your anxiety, how do you feel about medicating to soothe some of these uh, moments? Well, I waited to talk to my therapist about it. She was like, I don't think we've, we've gotten there yet. I'm not opposed to it. Like, I know, I know things that go on, but, like, once I, once I start talking about them out loud, it's kind of just, like, you know, like, I was talking the other day. I was just like, oh, like, yeah, my therapist was saying how she thinks, like, I want to, I should go to, uh, we should lower the amount of times we meet because she thinks I'm doing great. And then I was, like, talking to Lauren, and she was just like, doesn't it really sound like you're doing too great? And it's just, like, I realized that, like, I've, I've kind of formed these like nervous ticks, like these like COVID ticks, things that like I I I do that aren't I don't think are very healthy. Like I mean, we mentioned you mentioned like the sanitizer. <laughs> like I go through so much hand sanitizer. Like I cannot go to bed without sanitizing like my phone and like my TV remote, and my eye, my AirPods, anything that I'm about to touch before I go to bed. I sanitize it all. I still wipe down all my groceries, no matter what. Like everything gets wash down i wet wipe everything like 10 times a day even if i order takeout like it takes me so long because i get the takeout then i come in and i wash my hands and then sanitize my hands and then i like take the food out of the bag and then i wash my hands sanitize my hands again and then grab a plate and then plate everything and then wash my hands and then i put it in the microwave and let it cook so it can cook off any last minute germs Yes, I have sanitizing rituals. I mean, I mean, you've been to my apartment. I live, I live in a very small building, and I'm on the first floor. So, like, from the front door to like outside my building, it's like ten steps. Like, I will not if I'm taking the trash out. If I'm going for a walk, like, I will wear a face shield from when I leave my front door to like walking outside of my apartment building. On top of my masks, like, I know I could probably live just as safe as a life without it being so like, like even when I go for a walk, I'll literally sanitize my hands like 10 times on like a 30 minute walk, just because it's just become routine for me that it's like, if I don't sanitize my hands, then I just don't feel safe. I don't feel comfortable. Like it's just crazy. I, and I remember when the, the last time, well, one of the last times I went to get a COVID test, I actually found a service that comes to your house, which I was just like, perfect. Perfect, because I used to go during the summer um, at uh, One Medical. They have a, a, t- a tent, like a 10-minute walk from my house. So I'm like, perfect, outdoor open air, but they close it because the winter. So if I wanted to get a COVID test or needed to get one, I would have to go somewhere indoors. So like the first time I went and did it, like the doctor was just like, are you okay? Because your blood pressure is like high. And I was just like, I'm so nervous being inside a building with people that's what it is and like the, like the doctor was just like yeah your blood is your blood pressure ever this high i'm like my blood pressure is never high like it's just that i'm inside a uh, a city md getting a covid test it goes against all my rules like you know and it was i mean i got there super super early so i was one of the first few people there but it was just like no so like when i found that service that can like come to my house and do it like pfft. I won't say how much it costs, but it's because it's stupid. But 
it is it's just it's just my way of like making sure i am safe and taken care of and even when my roommate comes back like i'll be getting an airbnb for two weeks you know i i because it's just you know it's just the nature of the situation like i take this so seriously and it just it just helps me sleep at night knowing that i'm i'm doing everything that i can to like stay safe and be secure i know that there's a lot of things that are probably becoming unhealthy so i think it's time for to have that conversation with my therapist of like should we act now and then versus act later when it comes to maybe me going on medication just because like you know i try not to beat myself up but there's days or times where i'm just like my god daniel like and it's like i have to remember to like be nice to myself but it's just like oh like today was like so draining and it's like just because I was so like in the funk of it all I have to tell myself you know to be nice to myself all the time but it's just like you know you get so deep in these things that you just kind of forget and then you're just kind of like miserable for like a full day yeah I imagine it's hard because I even being around you I mean and you've taught me a lot about anxiety both living together and even through that moment because you realize how much of it is involuntary you aren't consciously getting out hand sanitizer i noticed it but like you said it feels like a tick it feels like something you have to do Mm -hmm. like okay i'm gonna put like because we grabbed chick-fil-a and you sanitized your hands before the chick-fil-a you sanitized your hands after oh wait you got the chick-fil-a sanitized before then you sanitized again because you touched something else in the car then you ate it sanitized again and then sanitized again for good measure and at first i was like what is with all the sanitizing but then i realized i'm like this is not it's not me it's not like when i consciously put hand sanitizer on and then i do it again it's like almost you can't stop yourself i think what's also helpful is you have the realization it's good to be kind to yourself but it's also good to understand and be able to have that double consciousness of like, is this healthy? Should I be doing this? But I also in some ways don't feel like I'm in control of it. Yeah. I mean, and it's like, there'll be times where I'll like make my breakfast or something. And I'm just be like, all right, like, like I, I just do it so much. Like I'll be, I'd be on like calls with like coworkers and I'd be like, did you just sanitize your hand again? And I'm just like, (laughs) yes. It's just so that's kind of how it's become. I've reached a point where it's just like, Maybe it's something I do explore because there are days where like I wake up and it's just like, I was saying earlier, like a lot of my anxiety manifests in like a, a physical sense. And so like there's days I'll wake up like super hungry. I'll be so like just stressed out waking up that like my body, like I won't want to eat. I'll be nauseous. Then it's like I have to force myself to eat. I even, even if I do eat, then I have to sometimes like sit down and like do breathe because like I don't want to throw up because it's like I'm, I'm not sick it's just that my body is so always on edge that it's just like my stomach's just like oh like should we be in flight or flight mode like should we keep this in our body and like full transparency those days I'll like eat something and then like vomit just because like I'm so just like and it's not that I'm sick it's just and I'll and like the last time it happened I was just like I kind of like laughed it's happened so many times that it's just kind of like, let's clean this up and then like go finish that expense report that you need to finish. Like, it's just these things have become part of like my daily, not daily. I don't throw up daily, but it's just like my they just they're just part of like my journey of like understanding my mental health and my anxiety. And it's just like sometimes I'm like, why can't I just why can't it just all be emotional for me versus like these physical things? 
you have these physical manifestations and then it's just like you know that they're there but like you can't control them and then it's just like but then it just puts you in like a even more of an emotional state because you're just like physically you're not there so then emotionally you're not there so then like you're just in this physical and emotional slump and then you're just like well guess we're just gonna ride this wave (laughs) so you kind of mentioned just now that after an episode happens say we go back to the eating one so you're so anxious you can't eat you force yourself to eat and then you feel sick in those moments after that's wrapped you're like okay i'm gonna go do an expense report but how do you do things that kind of take your mind after off of your anxiety like how do you cope with anxiety after those moments well i will say marijuana has become a a very (laughs) important and crucial aspect of my life yeah, very much leaning into the natural remedies of life. I have I have friends who are just like, oh, like, you should try. I mean, like, I've smoked plenty of times in my life. But, like, people were saying that, like, you know, they smoke every day because it helps their anxiety. And I was just like, oh, maybe I should try this. And, like, genuinely, like, it does help. I would, it's crazy, like, to think over, like, Christmas, I hadn't, like, smoked in, like, 12 days. Um, just because the person who I get my stuff from was out of town and I was just like, I'll be okay with, I'll be fine. And like, literally like the most miserable, like 12 days of my life. I was so grouchy. I was so irritable. I was so like emotional all over the place. Like I didn't, I was barely responding to people. I was just like in a dark, dark place. And like, I'm the kind of person that like, I'm very vocal about things, but like when I'm like in it, I kind of just become a recluse. I don't actively say like, oh, like I'm sad. Like, you know, sometimes when I'm, when I get over the hump, that's when I'll maybe post like, you know, an inspirational message or like let people know, like I'm out, I I know like there's other people who are going through this, like I'm going through the same thing, but like in it, I don't really have like, I don't have, there's no, there has been no established plan yet outside of smoking, which does help. And then just, I, you know, I'll, I'll try to like, do things around the house like clean or you know I bought a Peloton which has been great um but like sometimes like I need to like get out of my house I think the probably the longest I've gone without leaving my house was probably like a month which is horrible a full 30 days without stepping outside like I'll like go take the trash out and get packages but like that's again like I'm on the first floor of a, a three floor building so like I'm literally like walking down a hallway turning left to drop trash off and then come back inside. So that sounds like really hard because I need to go outside every day just to feel something, to be honest. So it, I can imagine 30 days inside did not do great things. No, for it was horrible. And it's just like, I I know that I need to go outside every day, but then it's just like, there's also like, so it feels like there's so much work to go outside. And I think before when it was like the weather was great, I could like go to the park and kind of relax. Whereas now like the weather's not too great. So it's like all I can really do is like go for a walk versus go like lay out in the sun. So it's just like, it's just trying to find like that, that really good balance of, of what is going to work. So I'm 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 trying to be more proactive about it. Like last week I was just like, I'm so tired. I'm exhausted. Like, I don't really feel like working out this week. And I was like, but you know what? Like I've at least, I'll at least try to go for a walk. So I know I went for a walk on like Monday, Tuesday, and then some other days last. I think I went for a walk yesterday and the day before, just cause I was just like, 
I think I even texted you. I was like, oh, I don't know if I should, would work out or or go for a walk. And then I was like, I, but I haven't. Go for a walk. Yeah. But like, I haven't been out of the house since Tuesday. And you're like, mm-hmm, that's not good. It's trying to find out what works, what doesn't work. Trying not to be your worst critic. Because there's going to be days where I let myself down. There's going to be days where, like, I just, I can't pull myself out of the funk. But, like, I can't be mean to myself afterwards. I can't be like, Daniel, like, why couldn't you just pull yourself out? Like, no, I because I, I couldn't. Ride the wave. And then on the other side, like, be kind to yourself. Try to Try to savor it. Right. Understand that you're going to have struggles that can't be fixed in a day. You are doing edibles now and marijuana helps. What has been your relationship with drinking and anxiety? Do you feel that drinking heightens your anxiety or that it helps? Yeah, it's so crazy. It's crazy now to look back on it. When I was working at Facebook, like so much of my work and so much of my job was like public facing. So whether that was like, you know, hosting an event, moderating an event, just, you know, just running events in general, like the events that we would throw, internal, external, you've got catering, you've got you know, bartenders, vendors, you've got AV, there's so many moving parts. And it's like, you know, you and I worked in a lot of events together. And like, there may be times where like, you're in the event space, or you're like, at check in, like, helping security, like move the line through. So it's like, a lot of public facing, you have to interact, you can't like sit in the background. When I was having these panic attacks, or like an anxiety attacks at work, the only thing that would make me calm would be alcohol I would literally like throw back like three glasses of wine you know before an event even started which is like so bad to even I mean it's it was how I coped but it's like I would literally just like throw throw it back to just like not feel anything and then like it was just like crazy like how much like there would be such a shift like it was almost as if like the anxiety wasn't there anymore it was just it just evaporated it it disappeared the more glasses I consumed like the better but like that's a horrible horrible way to cope and so you know even at the start of the pandemic I realized how much I was using alcohol as a coping mechanism and I think it was there were two two different situations where I was just like this isn't good. So the one was when we went to Nikki's going away party, which was, I think, one of the only events that I went to this summer where I like actually had to go to someone's building. Granted, we were on Kevin's roof. But I remember going back and forth of like not wanting to go, but wanting to go, but like not wanting to go. And then like showing up and everyone was like, we're shocked you're here. But I drank so much because I was so anxious. Like, And I wasn't even, I literally sat in the corner away from everyone. I brought my own Ziploc baggie with a cup and a metal straw just because I was like I'm not touching anyone else's shit but I got so drunk and then the next next day I was just like oh my god like I don't even remember getting home like did I have my mask on in the uber like did I like sanitize before I put things on or touch things like I don't you know I love to sanitize and then it was the fourth of July I got so drunk that I was just like who are you? Like, I don't know this person. I don't recognize you. You have to like stop. So I think it was like after the 4th of July, I probably didn't drink for about a month. And it wasn't, and it wasn't even like a, you have a problem. Like, it was just like, you know what? Like, I don't see a healthy relationship forming here. I need to like stop nurturing this relationship. And so I would say now, like, I probably will 
in a month's pan, like we'll probably maybe we maybe have three, four drinks max over the course of a month. That could be four individual drinks. That could be two different sessions where I had two drinks. Um, I'm not really tracking that. I'm not really like tracking it in that sense. And the way me and my therapist kind of framed it, she was like, I don't think you have a, a negative relationship with alcohol. I just think you need to like build some structure around it. So like, I don't drink Sunday to Wednesdays. I can only drink Thursday to Saturday. And like, I have a three drink uh, maximum. And it's like, I can't, I can't not drink on Friday and then be like, I can have six drinks on Saturday. Like you, if you don't use it, you lose it. And it's like, there's definitely day, there's weekends where I don't drink at all. Like I just don't drink at all. I think this weekend I maybe had one glass of wine over the course of my, my Thursday to Saturday drinking. And even then I was just like, Oh, like, did I want this wine? Like, so it's gotten to the point where I'll drink now and be like, Ooh, like I don't really love this. And you know how much I love my tequila, but I just, I just realized that like I was for so long was using alcohol to numb and block off the anxiety, but the after effects would just make me even more anxious because you feel like shit. You feel like trash, especially when you go from drinking, you know, before the pandemic, you know, you're going to happy hours, you're going to work events. So it's like, it's so normal. Now, like, it would be like few and far between, but the few times it would just be like very, very hard. And it was just like, it just showed me that like, this isn't something that I want to do all the time. So really, again, being gentle with myself, but realizing, hey, maybe you just shouldn't drink as much. You don't, you're not an alcoholic, but for you, just like, let's just, let's moderate it a little bit. So that's kind of where I'm at with that journey. You know, I definitely still like to have a nice cocktail here and there, but it's like, you know, if I do have it, it's like, I'm going to have this one cocktail. It's probably going to be really strong because like, I haven't drank in a few weeks, but like, that'll be it. I'm not going to drink to the point where, like I was going through bottles of tequila, like, like I'd be on Zoom happy hours just pouring it up. And then I would literally like the next day be like, I drank half of this bottle of tequila. Like that is disgusting. You shared on Facebook a post about drinking less and the anxiety and how you've used it to cope. And I think that was helpful for a lot of people, even with people who don't knowingly suffer from anxiety, whether they commented or not, because there is this um, normalization of alcohol to relax you. I'm feeling a little stressed out or I have social anxiety, whatever the situation may be, and people drink to feel less of it, but we have totally normalized that. So I think in the pandemic, when we aren't in those situations, it has alleviated that need. And I think it's made a lot of people reflect on their relationship. Even people who, after seeing your posts, are probably like, wait, is this me? Is this relevant to me? Um, which I think is the beautiful part about sharing, uh, because I thought about that. And I thought about people who I wanted to share that with. And I just, I think sharing that journey is really awesome. I also would love to know how can people support you? So I have a few friends who have anxiety and I think we all have some kind of mental health issue in some way that we struggle with. And as your friend, I've learned some ways to support you, but what are ways that people in general can support people with anxiety? Um, because I think we can all do a better job. You know, listening to like understand and like, I mean, I, I think you and Derek do a great job about this. Like you both, you never have like said anything to me that wasn't supportive. Like whenever, say you like make plans and like not, you both know, like I'm not going to come, but like 
you'll like still be like, oh, like we need to we need to do something soon or like when the weather gets better, da 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 da. But like in a respectful way of like knowing that like I'm probably not gonna come out anytime soon. You're both are just like, you know, like you need to, you know, eventually, you know, try to figure this out, but like no pressure. So I think it's just it's listening, not applying pressure. It just makes it just makes it more comfortable. And like it as you continue to like just check in and be like, how are you doing? Or like what's going on? Like it then only just makes your relationship stronger and just makes it easier to like even talk about things and like be open and and and, and vocal about things. And I think, you know, my friends have done such a great job about that because it's like they want to learn. They want they want to support first and then also like learn. So just really listening, not applying pressure. I mean, just knowing that, like, you know, it, everyone experiences things differently and there's no blueprint to, like, anxiety and depression. Like, everyone kind of experiences it differently. Um, you know, I have friends who also have anxiety and depression and, like, things that I experience, like, they don't experience. But we all can, like, talk and, and learn about each other. And, yeah, just, just being open and honest and vocal and not being judgmental and just supporting them. And it's one of those things where it's like, not with you, not with you all. Maybe with some people I'm probably not as close with. Like, be like, oh, we need to do like this, that, and the third. And I'd be like, no. And they're like, why not? And it's just like, I'm, I'm just not like, like don't like don't like question me on 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 things. Like don't like it is what it is. This is where I'm at, and this is kind of where it has to be at. So just like learn that and just kind of accept it for who it is. And like I know it's I know a lot of the things that I do like people probably look at me sideways like the fact that I haven't seen my boyfriend since September like people probably think that is crazy and they're like what are you doing and I'm just like we are in a global pandemic where there's an airborne virus that has killed a lot of people just floating around and you know unfortunately my boyfriend has to go to work five days a week where he is taking the train he's around people all day every day he already has like a big team of people that he he manages all those minor interactions he has to deal with on top of like people coming to his his workplace and what were they doing the night before and then it's just like so it's, it, there's just so many factors that it just doesn't make me comfortable to like see him which it sucks like does it suck yes it does suck like I would love to see my boyfriend like I would love to hang out with him but you know we're in such a time of that sac- of sacrifice and it's like, I feel like half of us are still sacrificing and the other half of us aren't. And I mean, like, sacrificing in a sense of, like, the people who are, like, in Tulum right now or still throwing giant indoor parties in California where, like, the pandemic is literally kicking their ass. And I mean that in the most respectful way possible, just because it's like, I just I just really don't get it. I guess I'd say that's the good thing about my anxiety, like, I, I, I've set myself on this goal of like really taking this seriously. And like, I've, I've, I've wavered a little to none on it. I've gotten more and more strict about it, but like, I've very rarely ever like let my guard down. There was one time over, I think it was Juneteenth. We all had, we had off from work. And so like, I went to the park with a bunch of coworkers and then I had friends who were in another park, just like vibing. There was a DJ I remember like getting there and like I hadn't seen my friend in maybe like a month and I just hugged her. It was uh it was Janae and I was just like, oh like I haven't hugged a person human being in so long. And I was just like the next day I was so paranoid and so anxious, but it was just like that was the one time I think I let myself slip where it's just like I 
did neither one of us had our masks on and we were just like we miss each other like let's hug each other but like i'm not in tulum or you know some other destination where americans can go to like destroying the tourism because everyone's getting covid it's hard to balance the two because I would argue, and I'm somewhere in the middle on this, as I'm sure you've known and can talk like we've talked about. It's hard because I think one would argue some of these people are being very selfish. It also is a mental health thing for them. Totally. You know, their mental health activity could kill other people. But when I talk to friends about why they're traveling and because I'm more of a neutral party, right? Like I'm not going to Tulum, but if you're going to Tulum, I'm not going to drag yeah. you. I feel like for some of them one of my friends had a very honest conversation with me because his roommate was so mad at him for going to Tulum like and as I imagine if your roommate was going to Tulum you'd be like absolutely not like absolutely not and his roommate was so mad like (laughs) ready ready to move out but he was like I'm going alone I'm not going to party I'm not hanging out with people I'm flying there I'm staying in my hotel I'm gonna go to the beach but I need to like get out of here like it's winter I can't sit in here and I need to go for my own mental health. I can't be here. And so as a friend, as a close friend to him, I was like, how can I, it's almost like, how do you qualify? Because your anxiety, obviously I'm always going to be here for you. And I understand, and I want you to feel safe and understood and comfortable. But then someone else is coming to me about their mental health, not on some, I'm an influencer. Like I need to go to Tulum to get these flicks off on the, like, I just need to get out of here. I'm losing my damn mind. So it's for me, it's been a balancing act of two because I feel like both camps are are judging each other, but both camps are dealing with this certain element of anxiety. Will I apply that to everyone? No, because some people are just on vacation, full stop. Like, let's not even yeah. pretend that that has anything to do with mental health. <laughs> some people are, I've had so many calls with friends who sound almost desperate. Like, every time I talk to a friend, I feel like we all are giving each other therapy. Like every time I talk to a friend, I'm like, are you okay? But sometimes I'm like, am I okay? Yeah. Uh, no, so it's hard. I get that. And it's just like, I mean, and I have these conversations with people and it's just like, trust me, do I like the fact that I've turned into a recluse? No, I do not like it. And so it's like trying to be nice to my, trying to be nice as I talk about this, to myself as I talk about this, like I do not like it. You know, it's very lonely at times. Like, I literally, I don't interact with human beings. Like, the most I'll interact with a human being is me pressing the talk button on my buzzer and then telling UPS to leave the package outside. Like, that's my humor. That's my interaction. Like, maybe, like, it'll have to be a signed package. And then we're really, we're really interacting with human beings. Trust me, like, I would love to just be like, hey, group chat let's get a house for a week some like I would love to do that but like I just know me I've built up these walls and kind of like this mental state of like now's a time of sacrifice we're so 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 close to getting these damn vaccines just really hold it down because like I would the way I described is that like like why I tell myself I wouldn't do a trip with people or do because I feel like once you start getting once you start drinking and being around people, you you lower your inhibitions and you get you get reckless. Like that time I went to that party on Kevin's rooftop, I was so happy that I went, but also like being drunk out in the real world. The fact that I didn't even remember how I got home was wild. Did I have my mask on in the Uber? Did I have? Did I touch things I shouldn't have? T- like there was like all these things going through my head that like 
I can just picture myself like, oh, I'll just go, I'll go have dinner with so-and-so. And the next thing you know, like, oh, yeah, let's go to dinner the, the week after. And it's just, oh, yeah, I'll come over. Like, I don't want to, like, take, like, give an inch and then take a mile. So it's just, like, if I don't even give myself an inch, then I'm leaving. There's less, there's less room for a margin of error, you know? And that's kind of why I, I mean, I also just stopped going to, like, places. So, like, I would, like, literally, if I can get it automated, delivered, or I, like, laundry, it gets sent out. I get meal sent. I get meal kits sent to me every week. I get everything delivered either through Amazon Prime, Instacart. There is no interaction with the world. And there's times I'll think like, oh, like I'm I'm going for a walk, and I'm like, oh, I should like I should order dinner from this restaurant and just pick it up. I still I still haven't gotten to that level of comfortability yet of just like even going to go pick something up, which is crazy because I did that so many times at the beginning of the pandemic. I think I need to figure out how that switch happened, why that switch happened, and, like, how I can kind of not roll things back. But, like, I know there's a lot of things that I'm doing that aren't healthy. And, like, like I even said, even, like, leaving, like, walking out of the apartment, do I need to wear a face shoe? It's like learning to relinquish some control, but also understanding that some of it is just your head. Like, you can't yeah. help it because you don't want to do it. You're just doing it. Like, literally the other day, I was about to walk outside. And I was just like, I ha had my mask on, had my sanitizer in my bag, about to step outside. And then I was just like, I went to the door and I was like, oh, face shield. And I was like, you don't need the face, Daniel. You're literally, and then I, but then I was just like, no, don't. You need your face. Like it was like, it's going back and forth where it's just like do, like, do I have to do this? Do I need to do this? And it was like, no, but like my, I, I'm doing it. Cause it's just like, I've made it so much of my routine that like me not doing it but then it's just like it's like all these extra steps for no reason and it's like I've added on so many extra steps to like normal things like is this gonna be me the rest of my life like will I be like this I remember when Alex was over and we we ordered takeout and I like snapped at him because he like I guess he assumed we were gonna eat out of the takeout containers I know plenty of people who've eaten out of their takeout containers ordering takeout food this is a airborne virus it's not living on your food but because we went one month where they were telling us wipe everything down now i wipe everything down still so it's just like i can't i i can't help myself does this manifest at work so do your coworkers how much anxiety you're suffering from and how do you share that yeah you know it's actually been great so when i first started um away I started April of 2019. And so May is actually Mental Health Awareness Month. So like my first big like cultural push at the company was bringing in their, uh, this company called ZenCare, match people with therapists, brought them into the office for like a lunch and learn. I spoke very candidly. Like, I'm like, you're going to see every Tuesday on my calendar, I'm going to therapy. I have two hours blocked off because it takes me like 15 minutes to get there, 15 minutes to get back. The session's an hour long, adding in a buffer time if I want to get a coffee. But like, this is the time that like I'm taking. So with my teammates, with my managers, very, 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 very vocal and upfront about it. And even, you know, if I'm having, if I'm not even having a good day, I've been, I will just literally tell my manager like, hey, this ain't it. Like, I'm really going to stare at the computer screen. And like, they allow me to take, to have that space to just like, take whatever time I need I mean I, I even remember as far as like the day that Kobe died the my as my my 30th birthday 
so we had, had gone out the night before but i was just like in bed and hung over and just like then reading all of that just made me i was so depressed and so sad and it was just like i was just like i can't go to work this is depressing like i'm i was so so fucking low and i literally was even i was just like i can't do it i mean i even remember when i watched when they see us the movie i watched it like on a tuesday night i literally texted my manager i was like i can't i can't work tomorrow i'm like i just watched this really depressing movie like work-wise very 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 comfortable talking about it obviously working from home has been hard and like there's days where it's like I don't want to do anything and I probably don't and then there's days where I'm like super super productive so it's just a matter of just like finding that balance trying to have a routine like I try to wake up every morning and make breakfast take my vitamins have some coffee and then then get the day rolling everyone knows I'm very particular about my my daytime at away like i have a status up that like I'm having breakfast probably not going to be talking to anyone I think it's really relatable content that sometimes you feel like you just can't do it and in COVID I think what's been really interesting and you have to tell me if you agree people will say that they understand and that they're there to help you and talk to them about their mental health but then in the same breath someone will ask you like hey did you see my email so for me it's been a really interesting struggle because in some ways, whether you've defined what that mental health looks like, for me, the hard part is working from home. I'm a very social person. Mm -hmm. I love alone time. You and I both love alone time as big extroverts, but I am not experiencing enough time to balance, like having my crazy extroverted time with my time at home where I don't talk to anyone. Mm -hmm. I have way too much time at home where I don't talk to anyone. And that's making me feel strange. So at work sometimes, I'm just like, I can't talk to you guys anymore, (laughs) like on a video call or an email or a ping. And people understand in theory, right? But the business has to keep moving. So I struggle sometimes with feeling comfortable saying, hey, like I just need a minute because it doesn't feel, it's not like a person's not making me feel safe. It just feels like everything's still moving. Your brain is like, stop, slow down. I'm feeling uncomfortable or I'm tired or I'm just unhappy but everything else is like, go, 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 go. Like work, reviews, emails, pings. And you just, I'm very conflicted on that sometimes. It's hard. It's, it's, it's a hard balance. And like there, I mean, there are days where I tell you like, I could literally have so much work to do, but it's like, I don't even have an ounce of it in me to get that work done. And it's just, and like I said, there's days where it's just like, Oh well, g- good luck. Let's try again tomorrow. And it sucks, but it's just it's just it's just the way it is and it's just like I mean I'm very grateful that I have that support from a work front where I could literally just be like, "Nah, today ain't it." And even just like because of that, it's trickled across the company. I mean, I even, you know, I I, I open up our 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 monthly town halls and even when it came to stuff around George Floyd I literally I used always open the meeting with like music and like I dress up in costumes like for this one I was just like I'm gonna be 110% honest with you all like having to run this meeting right now for all 300 of you as a black man like it is hard like I'm not gonna lie to you and pretend that I'm happy like so I have just always utilized any moment that I, I can on a very public stage at my job to just reinforce taking care of yourself and like putting yourself first because at the end of the day like we're selling suitcases right not curing cancer we're not curing cancer 
So I'm not going to stretch myself to a point where I'm unhappy. Because if I'm unhappy, then I'm not going to do my work. If I'm not going to get my work, then I'm going to look like a bad employee. Then if you look like a bad employee, it's just... I think that's your superpower, though, of being able to share and let people know what you're going through. It's even made me more forthcoming because when we first became close friends, I'm like, wow, I can't believe he's telling people that. Like, I'm like deer in the headlights. Like, what did he just say? But I've seen through years of friendship how powerful everything that you shared has been for other people. And it's less people screenshotting in group chats and being like, I can't believe Daniel said that. And people being like, wow, like that resonated with me. Or I know someone who needed to hear that. Like I see comments on your post all the time and people are like, yep, glad someone said it needed to be said. So I think that's something I would love to see you keep doing. And before we wrap up, I want to end on like a fun note because we're fun. (laughs) I, I mean, we have duality, right? Like we're fun. We can talk about mental health. I want to know what has been the best thing you've binged over quarantine. Oh my god! The best. No, I'm asking because you have opinions. You have opinions. Like some of the shows, you've been like, "This is trash." Like you'll go on Instagram and be like, "You told us to watch this. This is trash." But what has been really awesome and what what is not great? I'm gonna say that the Real Housewives of Atlanta right now is it's not so great. Bad. I'm unsubscribed. I miss Potomac so so much. It's so funny. I I in my mind have made chapters about quarantine based on like what I was watching. Q1, quarantine, it was all about Love Island, we're going to go to the villa, crack on, you know, put on my crafting boots, turn some heads. I literally binged, I think, three, and Love Island has like 80 episodes a season. So I binged like four seasons, and then I was just like, okay, we got to stop. I had started a rewatch of Gossip Girl back in November when I was dog-sitting for Amara. But well, November of 2019. But then I stopped. But then I started it up in quarantine. First of all, they do not make shows, hour long shows with like 30 episodes anymore. Like you get maybe 10 episodes a season. So, like, that was fun to watch, but also draining. Cause I was like, damn, like, how much more do we can we tell this story? That was great. I went through a video game phase of quarantine. I bought a Nintendo Switch, so I was playing Animal Crossing and Zelda, and I bought this game based off the movie Alien, which I was shocked that I bought because I'm I'm kind of a little bitch, and like my roommate would be like, oh, like at first I would get nervous when you would scream, but then I realized you were playing Alien. I'm like, yeah, because it's like it's a terrifying game because the, the way the game works is that like as you progress, the alien learns more about your habits and like how you hide and like how you maneuver. So like. It just progressively gets harder. I I haven't beat it yet. I have one more level left, but I don't think I'm going to try to finish it because I watched a YouTube video of the last level and I was like, yeah, we're not doing that. And then I just went into like this like binge watching movies phase and TV. I've kind of been like this reality kick right now. Like I've binge watched like 12 seasons of Survivor. It's so good though. And like it's gotten to the point, Shelby, where like I'll be like, oh my goodness, that that part of this challenge was part of another challenge like two seasons ago or like i've seen like multiple people compete like it's it's kind of sad and now i'm getting into this show married at first sight oh my god that is a terrifying show i don't know what it's about me but like i'm kind of i'm like i'm like i love to binge and like sometimes i'll be like i finished that 10 episodes season already i don't know what it is about my personality but like i love to binge i also think it's because like i'm i'm a recluse at heart 
99% of my time at home is spent in my room. I mean, I think that's why you probably aren't as shocked about me, like, not wanting to do things in quarantine because you know how I am. But people who, like, don't know me but think they know me just assume that, like, I'm I'm hurting. But, like, I gen- like I love being in- at home. I love being inside. I don't know what it is about it. It's just that, like, and I think it is kind of, like, we're such extroverts. Because there would be days where, like, I would wake up early, run a bunch of errands, be out back and forth, and, like, you'd be watching Queen Sugar on TV all day. Like. <laughs> we would switch off. I don't, I get, I definitely get like that, where I don't leave the house. It's more the lack of balance. Because I like to be at home sometimes, too. And my mom said she thought I wouldn't survive this. Little does she know. I'm at home screening people's calls all the time. I'm like just at home minding my business. So I was getting kind of sad. You would like, make if, if we were in the house all day, you would make us do something. Yeah, and I miss that. So I think that's where I'm struggling. But we, the pandemic is very much still going on for those of us who are questioning that. <laughs> those who have forgotten. It's very still going on and we still have a little bit of a road to go. But I think it's good to help realize like what's next. I mean, I'm just trying to manage the work vibes and like, watch some good tv and laugh at the funny things you post on twitter and survive and we've made some fun groups out of our uh zoom hangouts yeah. so like our friends are doing uh you did whitney houston happy hour we did anita baker happy hour most recently we did mariah carey but i love them because it's just good to see people i think sometimes i got such zoom fatigue in the beginning i for i underestimated and forgot how good it oh is to see someone video like i'm like excited again. yeah and i i think that's something that i think like well it's two things one now that because of global warming we live in a subcrop subtropical environment so like the fact that the sun is out um and it's like almost 50 degrees outside in january like kind of weird but i think we underestimated how good that was because i think at the beginning of the pandemic we were really vibing and like everyone was doing their things and it was good and people were being safe. I think obviously when the weather got better, people left their houses and like did things, which I would do too. Like I had a standing Saturday Zoom, but once I knew I could go to the park every Saturday, I was doing that. I think people as a whole need to revisit that and just be like, hey, like you don't have to fly to Saloon. You can literally be intentional about seeing your friends. And like, I've gotten so much closer to my friends in the pandemic. But, like, you literally, like, can start tweeting about something. And that, that's how the Anita Baker nights came about. Like, literally, we were all tweeting about stuff. We all follow each other. Next thing you know, there's an Anita Baker Zoom happy hour. I'm in a bachelor bracket with people. And, like, people are adding me to group chat. It's, I don't think we talk about it enough how much social media has brought a lot of us closer. That probably wouldn't have ever, like, spoken pre-pandemic. Except for, like, the occasional, like, I think that's been a godsend because i've made so many new friends gotten close to the people and i'm glad you shared all of this with us i'm glad we chatted and everyone can hear a little bit about mental health and how to juggle it and how we're making it through these times how we're making it thank you for listening i hope you enjoyed the episode i would also love your feedback if you enjoyed the episode or have a comment for me please leave me a review on the apple podcast app see you next week